Studios of WORQ in Wisconsin. This is the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up for the Truth. It has promised a fresh new podcast today. To welcome to our radio listeners on our radio frequencies and online q90fm.com/slash. Listen, I'm Crash Connell, and it is Monday, September 18th, the first new podcast, and we let him back in the studio again, our founder and uh, general manager, Lee Dudek. He's our host today for Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, we're going to give this another shot. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth this morning. It's a real blessing to be with you, and thank you, Crash, for uh, coaching me through to help me get this uh, figured out as I'm going along here. Uh, We're blessed to have with us again today Brent Henderson, and we'll introduce him here in just a minute. But uh, first, I'd like to open up with uh, some scripture and some prayer. The scripture comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul talking about his life uh, prior to meeting Christ and then uh, how he valued that relationship with Christ going forward. He said this in verse 7, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Dear Heavenly Father, we are grateful to be together here in this studio this morning. Thank you for our brother and friend, Brent Henderson, uh, joining us here today. Father, we pray that you would guide and direct our discussions today and that it would really speak to the hearts of the men listening out there, but also uh, to their loving wives and and family, uh, that they would encourage their men to seek the purpose that you've given each one of these men and to avoid the things in life that would keep them from fulfilling that purpose, from discovering it to begin with. So, Lord, we ask your blessing upon our time. We are grateful to have your word before us today, and we are thankful for uh, the opportunity to share the truth of your wonderful word and your plan for us as men. We love you, and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our guest this morning, Mr. Brent Henderson, is an in-demand speaker. He speaks all around the country at um, various different wild game dinners, sportsmen's dinners and such. In fact, he'll be speaking Friday night at Christ the Rock Church in De Pere at our first annual sportsman's dinner. Uh, we pretty near sold out for the events. We're very thankful to have Brent joining us this coming Friday night, the 22nd. He's a John Maxwell certified life coach, ordained pastor, recording artist. Brent's also the founder and executive director of Unleashed Men, Men, I would encourage you to check out Unleashed Men. He's got a number of podcasts that are going up on the site. Uh, It's a great, great ministry. Uh, The ministry itself is going to help men realize their uh, true purpose in life, uh, to help them unleash the powerful truth of who they really are. Answers questions like, who am I really? Where does my value come from? Am I enough? The mission at Unleashed Men is this, to help men recover their one true identity in Christ, 
and arm men with the tools and training they need to walk with God and join in his battle. So it's my pleasure uh, to welcome my brother in Christ and friend, Brent Henderson. Brent, good to have you with us again this morning. Man, it's great to be back with you guys. Hey, I just got to thinking about something, Lee. If you happen to get a cold like you and I have been talking about, kind of coughing and all this stuff, and you need someone to fill in for you, I hear Aaron Rodgers is looking for a part-time job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, you know, uh, yeah, he's a little laid up right now. But uh, you got to hope that what's happened with Aaron will hopefully lead him back to the Lord, man. I, I uh, You know, he used to do a commercial here for the station or a spot uh, promoting uh, what we were doing here at the station's ministry. So let's see what uh, God does in wow. his life going forward. You know, one of the things that I, I firmly, truly believe is that challenges are gifts. It's those difficult things of hitting bottom experiences in our lives that helps us see things from a different angle. Right. Um, things the way we would never see something before. And I, I think you and I have talked about it. I mean, I, I was actually sucked into a whirlpool one time on a fishing trip, and uh, the only thing that saved me was I hit bottom in that whirlpool. It yeah. stopped me on a log or a rock, and I was able to push off and get my face above water. Because if I'd have been sucked down to like you know eight feet, six feet, even two feet in that whirlpool, I'd have died. So the question was like, hey, was it a good thing or a bad thing you hit bottom? Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, sometimes uh, hitting bottom is the best thing that ever happens in a man's life. Uh, yeah. you know, that so we can just remember that in the moment. In the moment, to see it in, in the big picture, in perspective. You know, I'm wondering, Brent, as we talk about today, uh, man's purpose, God's purpose, designed for man, even before that man ever existed. God had a plan for each of us, Brent, and all the men who are listening, uh, it's the same for you. If you're in Christ, there's a purpose for your life. And it goes beyond uh, what we think it is, oftentimes. Uh, we, we think our purpose is to do a number of different things that relate to what the world is asking us to do. But really what we're going to talk about today, Brent, is God's purpose and what he is requiring of us as men to do. You know, you were just talking to me you know, on just a minute ago on the podcast, or on the radio show here, and we were talking about the podcast. And the, the new podcast that came out today that was just released was with a former winner of that television show called The Voice. Mm -hmm. And we talk on there about, you know, when everyone else thought that he was on the top of the world after he'd won it and he was touring and doing all these things with these big-name artists, you know, Usher and all these people in the music industry, he was actually at his bottom. He said, no one could tell on the outside because they thought I had everything that I would ever want. He said, but I was dying on the inside. Mm -hmm. He says, because in his life he kind of moved away from God because he says, I, I couldn't physically... He says, you would think you could physically prove him when you look at the universe and the world. He said, but the only way that, because his background, you know, was, uh, was he in sociology and different things. He said, but God had to come to me spirit to spirit and reveal himself to me that way because I was so hard headed. And it was only when I hit bottom that I was crying out that I heard him answer me because I cried out. Amen. And his his purpose has totally changed now from you know doing all that stuff that he was doing with with you know that style of music in that part of the world into now he said believe it or not here here's this guy coming off the voice he's going back into smaller churches he goes I don't like the big venues and all the fame and the lights he said I wanted to get down to where I could actually talk about my faith and about what God had done and sing songs that people were drawing strength from and yes. if you if you would have seen this guy you know when he won the voice and everything happening to where he is now. It's, it's a total transformation. It's amazing. It's amazing what God does in the lives of men. You know, being in men ministry, uh, Brent, uh, you've been a part of it for many, many years. I've had the joy of being a part of men's ministry as well. Seeing their lives transformed and changed and renewed 
uh, it's just amazing. You hear the testimonies of men. Those stories, you, you look at the guy and you say, I can't imagine that's your story. I don't, uh, it's just, it's got to be God that has done this mighty work in your life. So, yeah, um, and, and, and we say this too, I forgot to even put this in. I just told everybody about this. If you want to find that in other podcasts, but the one I was just talking about, because we are talking about purpose, it's Unleashed. You can get it on Spotify or Apple or YouTube or whatever, but it's called Unleashed and just put my name with it. But yeah. It's kind of weird telling you the story without going, well, here's how you find it. There you go. Well, Brent, there's no doubt that we have a guidebook, a roadmap, that's printed up in this wonderful book inspired by God, the Word of God, the Bible. And the Bible's very clear as to what our purpose in life should be. And I look back at uh, a guy that was probably known as the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon. Uh, he wrote quite a few Proverbs down that gave us a lot of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. But uh, he kind of slipped from his commitment to that wisdom, got caught up into the ways of the world. Towards the end of his life, he concluded that the, the fertility of life is, uh, it, it, it's, you can't just live out your purpose in this world. It's futile. There's much more to it. Uh, maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Now, you know, what is this purpose? What is the whole duty of man who desires to follow Christ? You know, I just made a post, and it wasn't anything I thought about until right this second. It was on social media the other day, and I said something about, you know, unless we are living out of a sacrificial love in our in our lives, then there's no purpose to life. Because mm-hmm. this life that we were given, was it Rick Warren that wrote Purpose Driven Life? I think it was, yeah. yeah. And I think he started the book out with something like, it's not about you. It's something similar to that. And that's the way the whole book starts. Before we ever get into the, you know, the rest of the book about how do we find our purpose, live our purpose out. And I think it's really important to remember that, you know, you were given the gift of life. You're here for a reason. One of the saddest things I think I've ever heard was, you know, my, my wife's story. And from when she was little, she was abandoned as a child at the age of eight years old. And uh, never had a father in her life either, never knew her father was. It was a really hard thing. But one time she said, you know, there was a time when I wish I'd have been aborted. And we began to just keep talking and praying. And, and it wasn't a real quick process, progress. It's for her to find her purpose, but she did. And it flipped everything upside down. All those wounds and marks from her childhood, all those different things, the scars that no one else could see. God had a way of meeting her literally in in our bedroom closet on the floor, a walk-in closet, where she was crying out to God. That's where she used to go when she felt like she wished she would never hear. And one day God just all of a sudden spoke to her in the closet. You know, it's one of those things that and people ask this. They say, Do you hear God like we're talking right now? And I said, No, it's not it's not talking like that. It's you have a spirit, you know, like you're made of three parts of body, soul, and the spirit. But when God speaks to me, he'll do it sometimes through the visual things that I see. I mean, look at what he did with Paul. You know, he knocks him off a horse, blinds him, speaks to him. Yes. But God is unique because you're unique in the way that he will communicate with you. Sometimes it's just a feeling that you can feel it in your spirit that he's saying something to you because you know that voice because you've heard him before. And, you know, sometimes when he does it, he does it through laying breadcrumbs out in our life. We had a, this is really greatly, mm-hmm. when COVID hit, and I was ready to, to think, maybe I need to just walk away from doing men's ministry because my speaking events were all canceled. Had three different people come to us in about a 36-hour period saying, God told me to tell you this, and it's just these three words, stay the course. That's how God speaks to me. Amen. Now, 
that's one of the ways I know it's him. When he'll put something continuously in front of me, he's saying, look at this, because if I keep putting it in front of your face, you're going to realize there's a reason, there's a specific reason why I'm, I'm moving this in front of you right now. Especially when you begin to know the voice of God, I don't have to have you know, him turn the world upside down for me to know it's him, because I feel it in my spirit. His spirit speaks to my spirit as a believer. But guys, you know, that are out there that are questioning, um, you know, is God real? Does he really have a purpose for my life? One of the hardest things to overcome in, in that journey, in, in any time of our journey, is when the enemy begins to lie to us, and he does it through shame. He does it through fear. Mm-hmm. Because if he can make a man afraid and ashamed, that man will settle for something less that's that's going to keep him in an area of life where he doesn't have to be noticed much, there's not much required of him, because his biggest fear, you know, do I have what it takes? The answer then is no, because he's feeling shame and fear. Yes. Um, then I was watching a, a cowboy the other day, and he had a horse that was out in this field, and the horse would go and lay down. It was lethargic. It didn't want to do anything, kind of like what happens with a guy when he feels like he doesn't have any purpose. And so they thought the solution, and this has been widespread for many years, you get someone go lay on the head of that horse that doesn't want to get up, and then you have everybody else pile on top of that horse. And supposedly that makes the horse then get up and go do, just get up, go do whatever they want it to do. But the problem is that's not really um, what God is looking for. He's not looking for that blind obedience. He wants that heartfelt obedience. So when we when we hold someone down with shame and fear and tell them, you know, that if you're not doing these things, you're not good enough, or, you know, sometimes we hear people saying, you're going to be burning in hell or whatever, that's not the thing that, that leads them to the love of Jesus Christ. But letting them know that they have a purpose, that they have a mission that God made just for them, uniquely for them, and then begin to start walking with them rather than piling onto them, coming alongside them, being encouragement, being a good listener, those things all begin to change. And that condemnation that we were feeling that, you know, the enemy, you know, tries the way he's the one that puts on us. God doesn't condemn us. God convicts us. But those are two totally different things. Condemnation is about what the enemy wants, right? Absolutely. And, but yeah. conviction is the one that frees us and invites us to walk with him in this amazing journey that he's got for us. So, you know, you were talking about the purpose in coming back. I think one of the first things that... Maybe let me just say it for myself. I have to be very careful, whether it be, you know, one of my children or someone that I'm working with, not to use any type of, you know, condemnation and shame to try to get them to. Yeah. Because as soon as we try to get someone to, we're going down the wrong path because the only one that we can change, well, we think it is, is ourselves. And God's really the only one that can do that. That's right. But we can't change but, but the can. ones we love. We pray for them. We try to set an example. We guide and direct them in the Word of God. But... Uh, we need to pray that God will do the changing of their heart. Uh, you know, Solomon, getting back to him, here's this guy, the wisest man that ever lived, uh, later on in life, discovered the futility of life when it is lived only for this world. He determined that life is all about honoring God with our thoughts and lives and thus keeping his commandments. You know, over in Ecclesiastes, towards the end of the book, he wrote this, let us... Consider the conclusion of the whole matter. He said, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it's good or evil. Um, there's a guy that he, he lost his grip on the wisdom that he was inspired to write down in Proverbs. He got caught up in the world. At the end of it all, he said, It's just futile. 
So living this life, Brent, is not to achieve things in this world, although it's fine to work hard and provide for our families and serve well in our churches and ministries. But it's, it's great to even enjoy the great outdoors, and we both do. Many of guys that will come uh, to our dinner on Fet Friday night, are, are they love the creation, but many of them will be there. They haven't met the Creator yet. And that's what we're going to try to help them understand, that they need to know God. They need to and know Him and love Him. One of the cool things is yeah. that God would take one of my passions. I was a little boy, which is hunting. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I would go up on the house behind um, where we lived with my BB gun, even as a little kid. And that began the whole you know spot and stock and the hunting thing. My dad wasn't a hunter at all, um, but my dad would always go with me when, it, when I got old enough to spend time with me. And, you know, that, when I was saying a minute ago, it's about love. This love, that sacrificial love is what life is about. Mm -hmm. That's what my dad was doing for me. He didn't care less about hunting, but he sacrificed his time for mine because he knew how much I loved it. That brought us together closer than anything. And it's what set my my feet on fire to now be able to go out and do what I do, the hunting stuff that I get to do. And you're telling me I get to go out and tell men about adventure and hunting seriously? I mean, I feel like the, the luckiest guy in the world, seriously. Really. And to share those stories in light of what it really means in terms of God's purpose is a great way to minister to guys that may never set foot in a church, but they'll come and be a part of a dinner and enjoy the fellowship of other hunters, uh, buddies that they hunt with and enjoy the outdoors with. Brent, yeah. we're going to just let people know that we're listening to Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for tuning in here to Q90FM, Q90FM.com. This is Stand Up For The Truth. We're coming to you from the studios of Q90FM. And we're here uh, this morning with our special guest, Brent Henderson. Uh, Brent, one of the things that uh, I read as I did a little study uh, over this particular subject as well is that part of our purpose in this life is, uh, is to, to live on this earth with perspective, to kind of look at it from the big picture. Um, you know, David, King David, I mean, what a guy, God, a, a guy after God's own heart, uh, messed up. He did a lot of things wrong, but he realized at, at one point in his life that there was more to it than what uh, this life was going to bring him in terms of success and accomplishment. He said this in Psalm seventeen fifteen. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. He looked forward to what was coming uh, long term, eternally in his life. Uh, so how does our purpose being lived out here tie into that, Brent? How does that work? Well, you know, everything was created by God. Everything was created for God. And I think what David's words were when he was saying, you know, when I awake, you know, he's talking about looking forward to seeing him. Yeah. Because we all we all know um, the things we, we do wrong. We know it. The Holy Spirit convicts us. We know it. And we long for the day when we don't feel, you know, the enemy's voice of, of shame and condemnation or fear trying to, to beat down on us. And so that, you know, when Paul talks about pressing on to the prize, um, there is an incredible amount of fulfillment that comes when we're following God, when we're, when we're doing the things that are pleasing to Him, that are, are um, helping others see Him clearly, not just receive Christ as Lord and Savior, but then walking the rest of their life. You know, through all the landmines we have to step on, right? So, I think those those challenges, like he was saying, we're talking about David. We, I think we might even mentioned him last time I was on here. We said, why did God allow David to have an affair? Yeah. Well, it was because God loved him. He needed him 
to get perspective. He needed to see God for who he was. He needed to see the depth of our own sin. And, man, I think so many of us, we were going, where am I headed? You know, I know this, this, the sin in my life, and I, I want to give my life to something bigger than myself. I think that's what all men, that's purpose. Yeah. It's that giving of your life to something that is much bigger than you are. You're a part of something. There's that that passion that comes from that. Like William Wallace, what was it in Braveheart? And what is he, I forget what the words were. He says, I see about all these men, you know, gathered in the face of tyranny. And he's giving them a name. He, you know, he calls them, you know, these, these brothers of Scotland, these, um, that he's, he's fighting alongside with. He gives them a purpose, a mission. And here are these guys standing there with like a bunch of, you know, like rakes and hoes and, you know, all that, you know, farm utilities. And the English are over there. They've got their long bows. They've got their swords, their horses. Mm-hmm. But yet they defeat the enemy out of a passion and a purpose. Something that it sounds like from the movie that the English army didn't have. And he emboldens them by encouragement, by giving them a name. You know, do I have what it takes? He's saying, yes, you do. And I think that's something that these men, even coming to the event, you know, coming up, they love hunting. But man, all of a sudden, do you realize who you are, whose you are, what you were created, what you are capable of being when you have the God of the universe in you? And there's something about language like that, that masculine soul that God put in us. When you speak to that masculine soul in that strength type of a way, it calls your spirit up. Yes, it does. And that is where I get so excited when I'm speaking here in my voice. I changed totally from like two minutes ago. There's something in me that I know that just jumps out of my chest when you say, you have what it takes, I'm going to invite you into something, and we're going to unleash you. Go do what God's called you to do. Amen. You know, I look at First uh, John 3, 2, kind of talks about this, Brent. It says, uh, brothers, now we are children of God. You know, I don't mind being called a child at this age in my life, knowing that I have a heavenly father, Brent, that loves me and cares for me. It says, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I, I read that verse, and it gives me something to really look forward to. But even in this life, uh, when God is revealed in our hearts, Brent, and in the hearts of men that we love to minister to, uh, we see a transformation that takes place that is just miraculous. And yeah, you can't hide it. For it. You can't hide it. When it happens, I remember it, being in a hotel. I grew up as a kid, you know, in church. And, you know, I knew God got baptized when I was 12. and But something happened to me. I was actually in England in a hotel room when I would like to say, yeah, I, I do believe I was saved. But that further, deeper revelation that God wanted me to know him knocked me to my knees in a hotel room by myself. And I sat there with sobbing. Not a bad thing, but this awe and wonderment that the God that can make all this stuff that we love, he made me and he has a plan for my life. When that hit me, it it literally knocked me to my knees. Powerful. It's powerful. The Holy Spirit's power, when it comes upon us, opens our eyes. Uh, The blindness is is lifted. Uh, Our our stiff neck becomes loose and, and, and our heart becomes soft. Uh, like you said, uh, only God can change a hard heart and make it a loving heart toward others, putting others first in this Lee, life. do you find this, like, you know, we both love to hunt. We talk about it. You bet. But when you have a chance to take a kid out who's never taken a deer before, it's it's like one of the coolest things because when you're younger, hey, look at this buck I shot. I'm always trying to get the next biggest thing. But when you have a chance to pour into a kid and see him get his first one, all of a sudden your wants, needs, desires, bragging rights, you just forget about them yeah. because you're sacrificing that 
for this kid to go out just to see that look on his face. Oh, Brent, I, you bring oh. you bring back so many memories with my son AJ, uh, watching him come up the ranks as a young boy and develop as a hunter, and the times we spent together, the memories we made. Um, I'm thankful I wrote them all down in a in a journal. Uh, so I can review them when I get old <laughs> and start forgetting things. But, you know, it was such a joy to uh, see him develop. And then he would get some of his buddies involved, and we would take these guys out. And uh, just, it didn't matter if I shot a deer or not, Brent, to be honest with you. It was whether or not uh, my son had an experience that would make a lasting memory for him and for us together, his father and son. Well, and knowing your son and having hung around him and, and the things that he began to do with, you know, doing game dinners himself and now pastoring, it's obvious that you had a massive impact, you know, on his life and the outdoors and all those things. Well, I'm thankful. One of his passions. I'm thankful, Brent, uh, uh, for the impact you've had in his life and other men that have had in his life. So as men, we have a responsibility, Brent, wouldn't you say, to understand our purpose in life and then be able to encourage other men, younger men. I like this older man, younger man concept of being able to uh, uh, minister to these guys uh, and to help them grow in the Lord. So Yeah, and, and like my dad, you don't have to be the best at whatever it is that you're trying to impress your kid with to get them to think, oh, my dad's cool. My dad just went and spent time with me. Yeah. That spoke volumes. Yep. And now today you hear about so many young boys, young men that don't have a father anywhere. Uh, and it's sad. Uh, they need a man in their life. And so, guys, if you have an opportunity to take a young guy out hunting, we've got a youth hunt coming up here in early October. Uh, uh, jump on it. It's a great opportunity to develop a relationship with a younger guy and enjoy the great outdoors together. Well, Brent, uh, we're going to be coming up on a break here in just a little bit. Got about four minutes to go. But uh, I wanted to just share this quickly, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into this now, and we'll pick it up after the break. But we, we talked about the Apostle Paul here during the course of our discussion here this morning. And, and he talked about all that he had achieved religiously. I mean, he was at the top of his game in terms of a religious leader in his day. But then he was confronted by a risen Christ who dropped him on that road, blinded him. And Paul then concluded that all of it, all that he had accomplished was like a pile of manure, that rubbish is that's what it means in, in Scripture, compared to the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus. Uh, that's where our purpose really gets rooted, right, Brent? Is knowing Christ to really know Him, to know who we are in Christ. Yeah, if you if you don't know God, you know of Him, it's a totally different thing. But when you know Him, it's an it's a it's a father son relationship. You know, it's that that closeness that you know um, that you know that they have um, your best at heart, that they're watching out for you, that they do have a plan to take care of you, and sometimes that plan is not easy. You think as a parent, sometimes things you had to be able to, you know, discipline your children with. It wasn't fun. No. But it, you know, sometimes we, we, we do that with kids because we know what the end result will be. It hurts at the time. It hurts my, as a father's heart sometimes to have to discipline. But when I can be thinking more about, you know, God cares more about our, our character than he does our convenience. And it's that same thing that is we're watching him grow us and these hardships we're going through. When we know him, it's so much um, what's the word? I, I, I get so much more of it because I know I have a loving father who's got my back no yes. matter what, and he is allowing me to experience what I need to not only help myself through this, but to be able to help someone else through it come down the, down the road. Amen, Brent. We got a father who's faithful 
He loves us. Uh, look what it cost him to redeem us and to save us from our sin. Uh, we are so thankful for him. And Brent, uh, I just want to encourage guys who are out there that maybe didn't have a father figure in their life. You have a heavenly father. If you put your faith and trust in Christ, look to him. Uh, he will not let you down. He is trustworthy, and he will never, never let you down. So we're looking at uh, 928. This is Stanford of Tooth. We're going to take a little break here in about a minute. And then when we get back, Brent, we'll uh, talk some more about God's purpose, uh, where it really started. Uh, our pastor at church started a series uh, this past Sunday on Genesis. And you go back and you look at the first 11 chapters of Genesis. That's the whole story of all of history of mankind, uh, God's origin uh, of man and also his purpose. So we'll take a little break. We'll be back here in just a little bit. Thank you for listening to Stand Up For The Truth. And a reminder, upcoming guests coming to Stand Up For The Truth. Tomorrow it's T Carl Tycrib. Gary Caw will be here Wednesday. Andy Woods on Thursday's podcast. And J.B. Hickson on Friday. All you need to do is go to the Stand Up For The Truth blog, StandUpForTheTruth.com. A couple of tabs you can check out is Upcoming. And also be sure to subscribe to our weekly Digest newsletter. You'll see the subscribe button. com. Well, we're Brent Henderson coming up here in two minutes on Santa for the Truth. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Hello, welcome back. This is Lee Dudek, your uh, guest host for today. It's a real pleasure and, and joy to be with you. And uh, we're here with uh, our brother and good friend and outdoor ministry leader, Brent Henderson. Brent, uh, we uh, were talking uh, during the break about a process that God uses to uh, funnel this growth in us, to, to bring this purpose alive and we were talking about how god's purpose really came to life long before he created anything we go back to the book of genesis and uh, just a couple of notes that i have here our purpose in this life uh, as god originally created man is to glorify god and enjoy fellowship with him to have good relationships with others to work hard and to serve using our gifts and then to have dominion over the earth. That's how God designed it. And before sin entered the world, it was perfect. Uh, it was a perfect relationship with, between God and his creation, including Adam and Eve. But you put together something uh, which is shaped like a funnel. And uh, if you could take a couple minutes here, Brent, and explain how that works. Uh, this is a great illustration that would help us understand how this purpose comes about. Yeah, absolutely. So before I dive into the purpose funnel, I want to kind of give you a little illustration I found really interesting. And it's there was a, a scientist, and he took dominoes. We've all played with dominoes, right? Yep. And he took a, some dominoes, and he was trying to figure out how much momentum and how much energy it would take, you know, for the domino to go into the next one, to go into the next one, to keep it going for as long in whatever direction he needed it to go. So he did these out of plywood, I think, if I remember right. But he made the first one only two inches tall. But what he did with each progressive domino was he made it um, one half bigger than the first one. The first one was two inches tall, so he made the next one, what would it be, three inches or whatever. And progressively, he kept doing the mathematical equations on this. So with the first one being first uh, being, being two inches tall, by the time he got to the sixth domino, 
it was as tall as like Peyton Manning. That's how quickly the progression when you go up 50% of the time with each domino would go. By the time he got to the 18th, it was as tall as a leaning tower of Pisa. At 23, it was the Eiffel Tower. At number 31, it was um, 3,000 feet taller than Mount Everest. In just 31, progressive dominoes getting, you know, half size bigger each time. And by the time he got to the 57th one, it was almost a distance to the moon. And the reason I say that is it's important, that first domino being like your purpose. But if you don't um, put them in the right direction with with the way that they were supposed to be put together, you know, like those dominoes will stall out. Like if you go in the wrong direction, it loses momentum and it stops. If you don't have the, the right size or weight dominoes, the same thing happens. So starting off with that, I put together these basically like dominoes that, that are moving forward to get us to where God wants us to be. I call it my purpose funnel. And the first one is exactly what you talked about. It goes back to Genesis. And that first layer, imagine like an oil funnel going into your, your truck when you're going to be yep. changing your oil. The top layer says plan. It's planned by God. And it's exactly what you said. Um, God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and all those different things, livestock, the animals. He gave us a purpose to rule over all those things right in the beginning. He planned us for this time, for this place in history, to do what his purposes are. Mm -hmm. And it says, so God created them, mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. Mm -hmm different he created them and it is so important not to miss that part of it because the very first purpose one of the things that he had for us that he planned was that what gender we were going to be right so it's really important to to keep that in mind as we're looking forward to the, the different maybe types or purposes that god has for us so the next thing i wanted to look at was going back to then the actual purpose now when we're when we're thinking about purpose what do we how do we even start finding that prayer mm-hmm Finding God's purpose for me begins with prayer, talking to the one who made me, who knows best for me. You go back to Ephesians uh, 2.10, and it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance yes. for us to do. It's letting me know that he planned me with this purpose in advance for me to go and do these things. And we think about, you know, about establishing our steps, but what does it say in Ephesians? It says, in their human hearts, they, they plan their course. But it's the Lord that establishes their steps mm-hmm. because he has a plan. So then what do we do with those steps? Well, it's like we have to follow the breadcrumbs like we were talking about or like those dominoes that God has put in front of us to gain momentum and growth to go to do the things that he wants us to do. Um, really cool cool thing happened to me. Um, when I went to college years ago, I didn't know what I was going to be doing with my life at all. I had left the steel mill, decided to go to college. I thought I heard God talking to me. And I get to college, and I said, God, I just came 400 miles. Am I really doing the right thing? And I'm never a person to just say, fly open the Bible and whatever your finger comes down on what verse. But I looked down on that page, and I said, God, I need an answer. I'm, I'm dedicating my life to this now. And for whatever purpose that was in that moment, he said in one of the verses out of Psalm 119, he says, during my brief earthly life, I shall compose songs about your commandments. Lee, I wasn't even doing music then. I didn't even really know the, what he would have in store or what kind of talent I had. But it ended on going, and I only say this not for my self-glorification, but what God did. You know, I ended up being able to tour with the biggest names in, in Christian music around the world. I had, what was it, 14 top tens and four number one, all these different things. Not that that is what matters, but that God said, I want you to do these things, and I will bless it. And he's absolutely what I did by following, you know, his his voice. And then, did you ever read um, Wild at Heart before by John Eldridge? 
Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah, he says in one of the things, he says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. I think we're trying to fill in all these spaces of what the world needs. He says, that's what makes you come alive, because what the world needs is men who have come alive, because it's that passion. When someone really believes in something, they have that, that passion about it, because they believe it wholeheartedly to be true. So in your purpose, people say, how do I know if I'm kind of headed in the right direction? I say, what's that one thing that you can't not do? or you would be curled up under an overpass somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now you're on the right trail because it's burning with inside you. So that passion, like I said, that we have now comes out of purpose. We start with plan by God, then we want to the purpose, but it's that passion. We begin to identify it because it burns within us. It's something we can't not do. You know, Psalm 37, um, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, mm-hmm. and he will give you the desires of your heart. He wants us to be doing those things that we are delighted in because we will do it with everything we have. And the Bible says, you know, do that work as unto the Lord. Amen. Um, man, Psalm 138, it comes back and it says, On the day that I called, you answered me, and you made me bold with a strength in my soul. If you realize, it's just like when you think about Samson, when God's Spirit came upon him and gave him that kind of strength. Even That verse says, you know, when I call on God, he answers me, and he gives me basically what I don't have. He puts it in me. It's um, the, my book, The Roar Within. It talks out. Oh, the power revealed mm-hmm. the moment the lion cub roared and understood who he really was. That is imputed righteousness. When you think about us, you know that God gave that lion that roar. That lion didn't get his roar from how many kills he's done. It was given to him by the Maker of the universe. The same thing happens to us when God gives us his good enough when he, when jesus comes in when we invite him in and he comes in we don't only have salvation but we now have this incredible purpose that's before us and your faith and the way you believe that impacts you know your passion cool story i was on a hunting trip out west with a buddy of mine mm-hmm. and he was a special forces guy and we had been back in this valley for i don't know almost a week and we were on our way back out we were exhausted Everything we had was soaking wet down to the bone. We had about five miles to get out, going from about 8,000 up to 11,000 feet back to the truck. And there were switchbacks, you know, going up and down the hill because it was so steep and so muddy. We got about a mile from the top, and I had trained hard physically. I was wanting to be like, you know, be in the best shape I could be in. And he was nowhere near that kind of shape. But we get a mile from the top. I can barely walk anymore. I'm dehydrated. I'm covered in mud. And he begins to tell me a story when he was in the military of going through, you know, a special ops training thing where he had been like survival school. And as he begins to talk about it, I can hear this patriotism inside him welling up. How much he loves his country, how much he loves God. And as we're talking, I'm starting to notice he's picking up the pace. I can't keep up with him. The next thing I know, he finishes off that that story and he's gone like a shot. Out of my sight, gone. What was it that transformed him? His belief system, what he really believes in, launched him because that was one of his purposes in this life was to protect this country, what he believes in. So that that purpose that we have drives our passion. And what does that passion do? What are we called to do with it? Yes. You know, it says we're to, we're to, to, to put it into practice. You know, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's what we're to do is to bring it. I had a, a martial arts trainer one time tell me when I was young, he'd say, Practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. There you go. And when you think about Romans 12, too, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. That's what perfect practice looks like. When you're trying to discover and hear the voice of God, 
keep renewing your mind. Keep putting the Word of God inside of you, because then when that voice needs to be brought up in your life, it will be there, and you will know that voice. Capture every thought. Capture every thought in obedience to Jesus Christ. Amen. And then we have to do this, and this is the one thing that took me years to get discovery. You know, you always have that wisdom you wish you had 20 years ago, so you could have done something different, but you, just like David, you had to learn some things the hard way. But it's priorities. You know, we have all these things we've been talking about, you know, with a plan by God and my purpose and my passion and all these things, but you have to prioritize now what God is showing you. You have to discover the main thing, and you have to keep the main thing the main thing. You know, Matthew... um, uh, and James, or I mean, in Matthew, was it 633? He tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's it. Paul, I said that. He says, press on toward the prize. Paul is prioritizing what has to be done. And I do this. This is something that, that might help some of the guys, too. Is I have a, if you're like me, I have a to-do list. And I have my could-dos and my should-dos on there. But I ended up making a different list to go with that, which is called my success list. You know, my to-do list is the things that I could do today, like, yeah, I could mow the grass. You know, I could take out the trash. I could whatever. But my success list is not a could-do or a should-do. It's a must-do. If I want to see this purpose moved forward, what are the distractions that I have to get out of my way today to keep the main thing the main thing? And I call those the must-dos. You know, it's a to-do list that becomes that success list when I prioritize things. I'm sorry. I'm just rambling on here. I'm trying to get through all this. Brent, this but, is solid wisdom that's rooted in God's Word. And, oh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it this, changed my life. Yeah, and to have have that list of things that are not negotiable. These are things that I must do today. And the moment we wake up, Lord, what will you have for me for this day? How can I serve you? How can I be a better ambassador for you today? Uh, that yeah, should be you, the priority of our days. Yeah, and when I wake up and I, and I thank God for the day, what's the first thing that I do? Make my bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard other guys say that, but it starts the domino, like we talked about, going in the right direction. Yeah. I'm go. being productive, and that's where this whole thing is going to be headed to. And, you know, multitasking, we all try to do a bunch of different things, but the problem is multitasking is really a lie. No one can fully multitask 100%, because as soon as your your thoughts are divided, you're no longer doing the first thing you were doing as effectively and efficiently as you are now that you're trying to do two things at once. So, guys, you know, think about this. You're at work. You have a, a job that's maybe 8 to 5. If you're at your job and you're focused on that domino, wanting it to go in the right direction, but all of a sudden you've got your phone laying next to your computer you're working on and you're checking, you know, what's the top 10 ranking this week with football scores or you got emails coming through or different phone calls, all of a sudden that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Then you have to get switched back to where you were in your mindset before you got distracted, reorient everything you had to get back to your work day. Rather than a focus workflow, staying prioritized like what we're talking about right now, keeping the main thing the main thing. And how much more and effective can we be we do that? Stephen King, you know, one of the, the famous authors of this day, I saw him um, writing something one time in an article, and he said he only works four hours a day. But he says, in that 8 to 12 time frame, I don't let any other distractions interrupt me. I get away from everything, turn everything else off, and when I'm done... Now I have all these other things that I can be doing that I enjoy or will bless my family. Mm-hmm. But it's that priority. So Priorities. I'll finish it up with these two things. What comes out of when we prioritize? We're productive. Because we've gotten rid of all those distractions. We've made the main thing the main thing. And this is where in Colossians he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart 
as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Amen. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So my productivity, when I am prioritizing and working these things as if they really are to the Lord, and they are, my productivity goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And this leads down to the very last thing that is so important for us to remember. You know, our purpose, you know, we were planned by God with a purpose. That purpose drives our passion. That passion drives our practice. That practice, when we prioritize now, creates productivity. And here's the final thing. We were intended to do everything we do for the glory of God. And that productivity profits others. That's what our purpose is designed to do, to add to the value of other people. Yes. Amen. So I hope that you were able to kind of track with all that. It was, it was quite a bit. Well, it comes down to this, Brent. The purpose of man, created long before we ever existed, is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And if our lives are lived in such a way that that is our mindset, and I think of, I heard a, I heard a guy talk about uh, God's creation here and Adam in particular, and I love this uh, little description in Scripture where, you know, it says this in uh, Genesis chapter two: Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them, and. Whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Now, Brent, God didn't have to engage Adam in doing that. He could have named the animals himself. But I I believe God loved to work with Adam to give him instruction to guide him in his duties in the garden as much as he loves to work with you and I and all of our men listening right now who have this purpose that they want to live it out. God loves to come alongside you, to be in your heart by the Holy Spirit, to guide and direct you, to help you find that purpose, and then to live out using the gifts he's given you to do those good works. Uh, He didn't make you to be a robot. No. He put you in this thing to be in it together. Right. So he goes on, he gives names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, and then he looks over there uh, in that open field, and he says, there's a white-tailed deer. (laughs) And I'm thinking, thank you. That's where we got that name from. But, you know, here's another thing, Brett. We come to Christ. We we hit rock bottom. Many guys have that testimony, that story, where they came to the end of the line. They surrendered. They gave their life to Christ. They accepted his gift of salvation. They repented, turned, went in another direction. At that moment, God could have taken all of us home. Hey, you're in Christ. Come on home. But why did he leave us here? Uh, We got a job to do. We have a purpose in this life to live out. And that's why we're here until you know, our days are done. And then we the enjoy all eternity with him. Yeah. You know, the way that God speaks to us, I, I love hearing other guys' stories. Like, if you come to the event here coming up this Friday night, I hope you'll come up with me and then find a way to share, you know, what God has done in your life. Because I love hearing stories. Yeah. And I, I mentioned earlier today in that Unleashed podcast that just came out today that I released, the guy who had won the voice was on there. But it's so it's so unique because when God pursued him, this is this guy's a real thinker. And this is really cool. He uh was out on his porch one night, it was like one in the morning, and he said, God, he's still seeking. This is one of the things I said to him. I said, You might have felt like you had walked away from God, but you were always asking for him to show himself to you, which let me know you were you were still believing. You were just needing your father. And so he says, I went out on the porch that night, 
he said, and I raised my hand up, and it had been starting to, to rain and storm. And he said, God, I just need you, in the way that you know me, just reveal yourself to me. He says, in that moment, a huge lightning strike came down right in his yard out in the country. And he says, I knew in my spirit that God was, was getting my attention. I mean, talk about a grand entrance, right? So he calls me, and he goes, hey, can we, he says, I read your last book, The Roar Within. He goes, could we go to, like, Starbucks or someplace and sit down and get something to drink? Because I want to, I want to process, you know, my my journey with you a little bit. What God, I think God's saying to me, we're sitting in that Starbucks, and it was raining cats and dogs out. Hadn't been any thunder or lightning yet. He's telling me the story I just told you, and right when he gets to that part in the story where the lightning comes down, lightning hit the parking lot of that Starbucks, blacks everything out. Everything is out, and we both just start to laugh and say. God is amazing. I mean, he wanted to just not only show it to him, but he's like showing me at the same time, I can do whatever I want to do. So it was just one of those things. When you ask, he says, you know, seek and you, and you will find me. You know, knock and the door will be opened. Ask and it shall be given unto you. So if you're questioning, don't beat yourself up for that. I think it's healthy to question. God wants you to question. He gave you a sound mind. He doesn't want you to just be told what to believe, but to be able to, have to think and to renew and to seek him. Because then it goes deep. We know it. Amen. And you can't know something until you know it. You can't see something until you really can see it. And God is patient, and he is kind, and he is a loving God. Amen, Brent. We think on the things of heaven, not on the things of this earth. But as we know, looking back to the account in Genesis, uh, sin entered the scene. Satan shows up. He uh, convinces Eve and Adam that uh, to start doubting God, to start questioning God. And there's another domino effect that takes place. There's man's fall into sin. The fellowship with God was broken. Relationships with others were strained. And work seems to always be frustrating. I mean, look what uh, Adam and Eve have, had to do to make ends meet after that. Uh, yeah. and, and then man struggles to maintain any semblance of dominion over nature. And that nature, Brent, is our flesh, uh, our or fleshly desires, the things of this world that battle against our spirit. Uh, it, it is only by restoring fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ yes. can purpose in life be rediscovered. Uh, I believe that. You believe that. This is the message we want to get out to the men, that don't give up. Don't grow weary in doing good and seeking this purpose. Fight the good fight. Be watchmen over your lives and advance uh, in the kingdom's work that God's given you. So uh, um, what a blessing to be able to talk about these things, Brent, and touch base on all these things. Uh, again, our life on this earth, uh, we're blessed with the work that we do. We're blessed with family and friends and the things that we enjoy. God created this wonderful earth for us to enjoy. But at the end of the day, the main purpose is to glorify him and then look forward to enjoying him forever. Uh, that gives me a lot of hope in this life yeah. when you see a lot of crazy stuff going on and a lot of evil uh, raising its ugly head. Uh, Lee, do we have about a, we have a minute left? We've got some time yet. Uh, it's 9.53. You're listening to Stand Up for the Truth uh, here out of Q90FM. We've got about four minutes to go before we start to wrap this thing up, Brent. So, uh, well, Just a real quick story. Yeah, Maybe yeah, there's right. something out of this. If someone's in their truck or a car right now or at their work, wherever they're at, they're listening to this. You know, and they're looking at their life and failures that they've made, and it's real easy for the enemy to cause you to want to look in your past at your failures or worry about tomorrow. You know, God wants you to be in the present with him. 
He's speaking to you right now. Uh, and if you're hearing it, his, his voice is speaking to you. But I was thinking about, there was a man who had gone to uh, my pastor, and he had made money hand over fist, a lot of money. But he lost one of his businesses he lost and went bankrupt in that business. And he came to his pastor, and he says, I'm a total failure. Mm-hmm. And he says, why? He says, you know, I've made all this money. And he says, and I lost all this. He says, well, let me ask you a question. Were you closer to God before, um, or when you made all that money, or when you lost all that money? Mm-hmm. He said, I guess I was closer to God after I lost the money. He says, then that's not a failure, that's a success. And I think it's important to realize that those difficult things brings brings things back in our life back to perspective. You know, the two most important times in our life that we think about is the moment that a new life is born, and the moment that someone goes to be with Jesus. Yes. All the rest of this life is the struggle. We're, we're trying to figure out who we are, what we're called to do. But it's in those moments of those hardest things that God allows us to get things in perspective so we can know him, so we can see him, so we can go do this purpose that he has for us. Amen, Brent. So, you know, yeah. the Bible talks about living this abundant life. It's not about the things of this world. It's it's not even about putting up a bunch of trophy white-tailed deer mounts in your your living room, Um, although mine are in the garage now. But, uh, you know, it's not about all of that. I I, I read this. It says, we enjoy God by following his purpose for our lives. If if we want to enjoy God and have that relationship with him, we have to follow his purpose. Everything will come together that way. And that then enables us to experience true and lasting joy, no matter what life throws at us. And, and that's the abundant life that Jesus talked about, uh, a life that uh, he desires for us to live on this earth. And your purpose isn't over until you take your last breath. So some of you out there right now that are retired or looking to retire, your purpose continues until the day you die. Keep seeking. Yes, no, no doubt about it. Hey, Brent, my brother, thank you. It's been a blessing to be with you. We're going to be coming up on wrapping up this uh, podcast for Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you to all of our listeners uh, and supporters of this ministry. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this uh, podcast will be posted on the Stand Up For The Truth website. If you missed it, you can go back and catch it again. But uh, Brent, uh, God bless you, brother. Uh, have a safe trip up to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to Pierre. Look forward to seeing you Friday. And uh, we'll have a wonderful uh, time together as we see God do a mighty work uh, at the dinner on Friday night, the 22nd. Awesome, my brother. We'll see you then. So, See you then, brother. God bless. Take care. And remember, you can also check out the YouTube page, Q90FM Radio, on YouTube, and you'll see video versions of our audio podcast as well. And please subscribe. Already 500 subscribers since we went on, since our last Q Drive. Q90FM Radio on YouTube.